Welcome to the Christian Music Ministries podcast, featuring interviews, stories, thoughts on music and worship and life in the Spirit, as well as the latest news from CML. Thanks for tuning in to this latest CMM podcast. This is the third one that we've recorded. And I'm recording this just as Roger and Annie and the team are about to travel up to Rydal Hall in the Lake District for our first music week of the year. They're going to be doing wildfire. So do be thinking of them and praying for them. The performance is actually on Thursday next week. It's amazing to think that so soon it'll all be over. Um, And then on the 1st of June, the team are going to travel to Abbey Road Baptist Church in Barrow in Furness to do a Spirit Works Day. So we're really excited about that. There's still a chance to to turn up and come along. It's 10 o'clock at Abbey Road Baptist Church in Barrow in Furness. Now for the rest of the podcast today, we're going to focus on yet another of Roger's interviews for the Heart and Soul radio programme that he does. And this time he's going to be talking to Roger Mayer, a composer from East Anglia. So I hope you enjoy this. And can it be that I should gain? Some of you will recognise that, but purely orchestral arrangement. I'm actually with the, the person who made that arrangement and was playing the keyboard, the piano on it. His name's Roger Mayer. Some of you will know of Roger, some of you won't. I've managed to track you down here in the wilds of Norfolk. So thank you for having us. <laughs> yes, well, it's it's a gorgeous sunny day and it's always like this in Norfolk, of course, as you can imagine. <laughs> you know, that's not what I've always experienced. <laughs> <laughs> We're very blessed today to have this wonderful weather. And to listen to some music together. Yes, and there's nothing like music that, that cheers the soul and the heart. Yes, music is a is obviously, I know, a joy to you and it is to me. I started playing the piano when I was five years old and uh, took my studies to quite a high degree. Uh, got a scholarship to New York when I was 18 to wow. study music over there. And then went to London University to study music for a degree on my return from America. That's amazing. Well, we've already learned so much about you. Um, where do you come from originally? Yeah, I was um, born in the Wirral Peninsula, which was then in those days in Cheshire, but yeah. now is in Merseyside. And my father was a school teacher in a boys' school. And uh, so my early life was centred around education. And I suppose in the normal course of things, I was expecting to go into education and be a teacher like he was. And in fact, I ended up being a teacher, but not after a lot of other things. <laughs> <laughs> but you did teach music in a school? I did, yes. I taught in London right. um, in, in, in a school for seven years there, okay. at a comprehensive school. Even though my own background was in private education, but that was a comprehensive school and that was a... 
That was quite a steep learning curve. Well, probably more about that later because it sounds like we've got a lot in common. Yeah. A, a favourite track, one of your many, many, from many albums, many tracks. Um, what would you li- like to suggest? Uh, well, one of the tracks that I, one of the hymns I've always loved is the hymn Just As I Am. And um, I think I was first made aware of that hymn when I started listening to the records of choirs of Billy Graham's Crusades. And so when I was a small boy, I was more excited about them than I was about Elvis Presley (laughs) or Cliff Richard or anybody else. And I thought, wow, that's fantastic to listen to these large 2,000, 4,000 voice choirs. And of course, many Christians will remember that when Dr. Billy Graham issued the invitation to people to come forward and give their lives to Christ. After his message, the choir always sang this wonderful hymn, Just As I Am, without one plea. Yeah, and we're going to hear your version of it now. This is my arrangement of it, uh, sung. Uh, it's, it's mainly an instrumental yes. uh, arrangement, but it's also sung by two very good friends of mine, married couple, professional singers, Matt, who's from Norwich, and Vanessa, from the Philippines. And get this, her surname, having married Matt, is May. So she is now Vanessa May. And people get very confused because there is another famous Vanessa May who is a violinist. But I think you will hear, as you hear Vanessa sing, that she has got the most amazing voice and I love them both dearly. Let's listen to it, just as I am.
just as I am without one plea. I'm here with Roger, who arranged that and was playing that. Um, Roger, it's great to have you with us. Um, your music making takes in various styles, and obviously hymns play a big a big part. Uh, what are you feeling about hymns and changing them? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a leading question, isn't it? Yes. The, the point is, though, that I grew up with hymns, and I developed a, a deep love for hymnology, hymnody, yes. if you like, um, when I was just a small boy. And it was inevitable that as I grew older, I would devote a significant portion of my adult musical life to hymns. And when I was a an artist signed to ICC Records in the 90s, they asked me to record an album of my favourite hymns, mm-hmm. uh, which I did. And they wanted me to reconstruct them and reimagine these hymns in a way that was rather different, but rather like the piano concertos I'd already loved as a boy as well. Right. On another album, though, um, there, there was an opportunity to record my arrangement of a worship song, which is now sung all over the world, called There is a Redeemer. Ah, this is the, the Keith Green. This is the Keith Green. Is Keith. it a hymn? Is it a song? Well, that's it. <laughs> And it wasn't, in those days, considered quite a hymn enough to go on the hymns album. Mm. But we put it on my first instrumental album called Strangely Warmed, which those of you who are listening who are Methodists will understand that John Wesley was converted, and when he was, he felt his heart to be strangely Strangely warmed. warmed. So that was the title of my album. And I did a special, special arrangement of There is a Redeemer, for that album and look out folks because this is not your average worship song style i've done this in the style of a classical piano concerto so i uh, hope you enjoy it <laughs> yeah well we we can't wait we just got to go for it there is a redeemer arranged by roger mayer here we go
Roger, it is obviously that we'll call religious music has been part of you. I don't like that term very much, but we're talking about Christian things. Have you always been a Christian? Well, uh, Roger, I grew up in a strongly devout Christian home. My grandparents were all Christians and so were my parents. And of course they all prayed that I would early on in my life um, meet the Lord Jesus that they worshipped and that they followed. And so when I was eight years old, my mother led me to the Lord uh, in such a real way. I think the verse that really did it for me was Revelation 3.20. Behold, says Jesus, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and will sup with him and he with me. And that's exactly what I did. And of course then that gave a completely different um, platform for my music because I prayed immediately yeah. for a it, music ministry. Even at the age of eight? Yes. Just, just, I'm going to stop you there for a minute. You, you tell your mother led you to the Lord. Yeah. A lot of us wonder, how, how did she do that? Give, give, give us a bit of an example okay, of how that was a, happening. That's a very fair question. She had obviously mentioned to me a number of times that she and my father would love it if one day I would... Uh, love Jesus the same way yeah, that yeah. they did. And she said, and to do that, Roger, you need to kneel down in, and humbly say, Lord, I need you. I can't manage life on my own. I need you. And I want to open my heart, Lord Jesus, to you to come in and take over the whole of my life to be not only my saviour, but my Lord uh, to whom I submit in worship. Yeah, and so you literally knelt, did you? I did. I knelt beside with, my with, bed with your mother there, or on yes, your yes, with my mother there. It was. A, it was. It never happened again like that. <laughs> no. Uh, but it was. It was memorable. Extremely memorable. It changed my life. Yes. And I was only yeah. eight. And as I said, it gave me, gave me a tremendous boost to my piano lessons because I wanted to be able to play the piano like that man on those Billy Graham choir ah, records. Yes, you're he's already a, listening, you'd got a role model I musically. Had. And his yes. name was Ted Smith and later, many years later, he became my mentor yes. when I worked with Billy Graham in uh, later crusades of his. Let, let's jump to that, this is exciting. You worked with Billy Graham, obviously we're only just this last few months Billy Graham has died at the age of yes. 99. Yes. How did you get involved with Billy Graham? Well, to start with, Roger, when I won that scholarship to America, I was at college with Billy Graham's son, Franklin. With Franklin? You were at college with Franklin? I was, wow. Yes, I was. And, uh, and so in, in those days, I was at school or at college over there with a lot of preacher's sons, but Franklin was prominent among them. And I started to see opportunities. I got to meet some of the Billy Graham team very early on in 1970 in New York. And I worked in the Billy Graham office in New York, sang in the choir, and then a short time later, in 1973, I found myself working with Morris Rowlandson, who was yeah. the UK Billy Graham man, and he was gradually introducing me to various things he wanted me to do musically to prepare everybody for Spree 73 at Earl's Court, where yeah. Billy Graham was preaching. And two years after that was Eurofest 75, yeah. and I was again involved with that, and uh, again with Morris Rowlandson, and then... Further down the line, I was involved with Mission 89, where I was on the music committee for Mission 89. 
and I was Ted Smith asked me to play at the Crusade at West Ham Football Ground wow. um, and play for Paul Jones the and Fiona Hendley his wife uh, for their set this was and live in front of live, how many people about 30,000 30,000 and was it being televised as well I think I think it was yes yeah. this yeah. was an amazing big step forward it was yeah. and then I played for Billy again at uh, uh, in the east end of London at Victoria Park. I was the only musician for that with a small team of... Uh, a, team, a small band with me on the occasion. Yeah. And a uh, great privilege to play for a man who who I admired tremendously, whose son I'd been at school with, and um, and who, who really set the standard for integrity uh, in his life. And that's what, a way that I would like to have followed all my life as well. So um, that, I, I look yeah. back on the, uh, those years with great thankfulness to God for allowing me to work with such a great man. Very precious. That's very special to hear that. Um, mm. So that life moved on and the Christian ministry moved on. Who else have you worked with or for or about? <laughs> well, in, in, in a period in the 80s and 90s, I was working for a, a, an American uh, Christian publisher called Word yes. UK, who produced a lot of Christian albums. And I did a lot of music arranging for them, including for Cliff Richard um, and for other people like Marilyn Baker and Adrian Snell. Uh, I, I produced music books of their songs. Many people don't realise that when an album is produced, say a Cliff Richard album, yeah. there is no book of music that the musicians are working from in the studio. And that's something that many of us musicians are desperate to have it afterwards as well. They it, hear the song. Exactly. Yeah. So people hear the song on the track. Yeah. So one of the songs I had to do was Devil Woman. She's a Devil Woman from Cliff Richard. Wow. And How I, did you feel about that? <laughs> well, it was one of his, it was, it was, uh, songs and it... Uh, <laughs> Along with all his other songs, and I, it was a job to me um, to rearrange it for piano. And it was yes. a very difficult track to do because he's a guitarist, not a pianist, and I had to transcribe it for the piano, uh, along with the rest of the album. And, but that was that was what I did as as a jobbing musician. I had to yes. do all that sort of thing. Yes. <laughs> is there a more special one that uh, you you were doing? You, you did something called "You Are My Hiding Place." Tell, ah. tell us about that. Okay, well, um, when I was working, uh, over, the, over the last five years, I should start again, over the last five years I got to know a professional singing couple, Matt and Vanessa May. I've already mentioned yes. them. And um, they suddenly arrived in our church, and it turned out that they'd only just become committed Christians. So they'd not been used to singing the Lord's song at all. They'd been singing secular songs, yeah. cabaret songs, jazz or anything, which is great. I'd love to have played for them then. But when they came along to our church, they knew none of the songs that we were so familiar with. So I said to them, would you like to sing gospel songs? And they said, oh, we'd love to. We'd like to put our trust in God into the songs that we're singing. So I said, well, here's an offer. I will produce an album, a CD album for you and give you that project so that it'll promote you as Christian singers. Yeah. And uh, so they said, great, we'd love that. So they, over a period of two years, they came around to my studio and I did lots and lots of arranging for them and orchestrating and producing. And this is one of the tracks from that album. It's called You Are My Hiding Place. You always 
afraid I will trust in you I will trust in you Let the weak say I am strong in the strength of the Lord I will trust in you Oh, my hiding place You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance Whenever I am I will trust in you I will trust in you Let the weak say I am strong In the strength of the Lord I will trust in you You are my hiding place. I've got Roger Mayer with me, the music that you arranged, playing on. It sounds to me like the Christian life has been what some of us call a doddle. You became a Christian at the age of eight and you went to music college and you went into a music business, making albums and arrangements. It's all been pretty easy, has it? An easy going life? Well, of course, that is never what uh, no. Jesus promised us, is it? And uh, I can tell you with hand on heart that my life has had lots of fluctuations a bit like yeah. a sound wave that's had peaks and troughs yes, yes. <laughs> um, one of the most recent troughs i've had or challenges i should say is that six years ago i was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer and stage four is about the worst you can get well there isn't stage five put yeah. it that way yeah um, so stage four is very serious and i've been under treatment for that now for over six years and I'm thankful to say that I'm still here. Yeah. I didn't expect to be, actually. Um, but when I realized that uh, I had that, I was invited to join a church where they really believed in the healing ministry. And I joined the band there and led the, led the, led the music there. And what was significant about that church was that people prayed for me and laid hands on me, prayed for my healing. And immediately I felt that God was doing a work in me. And the question I then had to ask myself is, if God is saving my life, why? Mm -hmm. And I felt he was saying, I'm sa saving you for a purpose, because I have called you, and your work is not finished yet. And so that's what has been inspiring my music for the last six years. Yeah. Now, now let's just get this straight then. A church that believes in laying on of hands and praying for healing, mm. and yet you've still got prostate cancer. You're still living with it. Yes. But yeah. yet, yeah. the Lord was still coming in in an answer to that prayer. Because that sometimes stops people praying, I think. They think, what if it doesn't work? <laughs> I guess it... It always does work in some way. What's your, what's your th thoughts about that? That's a good question, and we're opening up a, quite a deep area yeah. of thought yeah. and philosophy here, and theology. Yes. Uh, all I know is that God alone knows when he will call us to be with himself in our heavenly home. And sometimes we have a stay on our time on this earth, 
and other times he calls us home sooner than we all expect. But I think our attitude and my attitude needs to be to, to be with Christ is far better. To die is gain, as St. Paul says. Yes. And it's a very hard thing to get to, to that point, but because I've had a life-threatening illness, I do feel that I can say that quite honestly with hand on heart, that to be with Christ will be far better. But while I'm still here, and while that gentle healing process is still continuing, I have a job to do, and that is to serve the Lord with all my heart and soul and mind, and with the gifts he's given me in music, and playing the piano, and all the rest of it, songwriting, that that should reflect my journey yes. um, with the Lord right now. And one of the albums that I produced recently for myself was an album called Unfinished Journey. Unfinished Journey, that's a story in itself. And it is, and it's a reflection of the fact that I've come a long way so far. I'm 67 in a couple of months' time, but uh, in the goodness of the Lord, I may see another few years and I want those years to really count for the Lord and to make a difference to other people's lives. One of the things I used to preach about at uh, church was um, whatever the question, love is the answer. And in human relationships, we all have questions and we've had very great difficulties in family life and so on. But whatever the question, love is the answer. It is the only answer. And that his love surrounds us, which is probably a good cue for this song. Do tell us about this next song. This song, Your Love Surrounds Me, I was prompted to write because my dear Vanessa, who sings on the track, lost a, a beloved auntie of hers in the Philippines in just her 50s. Mm -hmm. And she'd brought Vanessa up almost single-handedly, and it was a great loss for her. And so I wrote this song partly as a comfort for her, for her to sing at her aunt's funeral, but also realizing that it's a universal feeling that we all have, that we're all going to experience loss, we're all going to experience bereavement, and we need to find comfort at that critical moment. Times of doubt replace the faith I once was strong to bear. The sun of all your faithfulness is eclipsed by my despair. But I hear in quiet solitude the still small voice of love. And my spirits rise to meet the one whose peace comes like a dove. Whose peace comes like a dove. Whose peace comes like a
diagnosis that you got suddenly in your life at stage four prostate cancer was that a life sentence what how did you receive that I think uh, just like everybody else does when they receive a diagnosis of cancer you receive it with a sense of great shock yeah I don't know anybody who doesn't receive it with shock that is the natural initial reaction and then you have to somehow process that and decide what are you, how are you going to react to this. Yes, and you're obviously offered treatment. Yeah, I was offered um, treatments pretty much straight away, and I'm still on treatment now, over six years later. And be, being mm. surrounded by lots and lots of prayer and supportive, supportive yes, people. Yes, very, very supportive. At church we have a terrific group of friends who uh, we love to bits, and they have supported and loved, and uh, it's been reciprocal. Every few months, Penny and I, Penny and my wife, Penny and I, we have uh, an event at our house called Simply Friends. And it's, it's a way of keeping Christian friends and brothers and sisters together in fellowship without any great agenda. Uh, we come to eat, and we come to worship, and we come to have fellowship and have a bit of devotion and testimony together all around my Steinway grand piano. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. And um, it, it's such a joy. And these yeah. evenings just go on and on. We park about 30 cars down in the <laughs> garden. And uh, it's the it's a joy of uh, having friends who are committed friends. Friends around you, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we must encourage folks here. There, there may be many of us listening who maybe either have had a diagnosis like that mm. or actually, let's be honest about us guys, mm. maybe been a bit frightened of getting one like that. And I know that some of us men, the last thing we want to do is think about it mm. or even if we suspect it, last thing we want to go is go to the GP and mm. talk about it. Mm. What do we say to them? Yeah, so ever since I was diagnosed, I've gone around with a bit of a mission to tell guys to to get yourself checked out. It's no big deal, honestly. Just go to the GP and say, I'm a bit worried, doctor. I'm getting up in, a bit too often in the night. Yes. Um, and uh, I think something maybe isn't quite right. Can you check me out? And uh, it's as simple as that. And they do, they will. And um, and if usually there's nothing wrong. But sometimes, sometimes there is. And, and better to know as early as possible. Well, it is. Uh, I will say, and this is not such a good reflection on my medical service, but three years before I was diagnosed, I went wanting to be checked out and had a misdiagnosis. So, in fact, the cancer that I'm living with now, I have probably had for nine years. Right, so mm. what did you say then? Go back again. If all is not well, don't be, don't be frightened of making a nuisance of yourself? Exactly. I, I, I think that I shouldn't have accepted that. I think I should have persisted and gone back and said, look, look uh, this isn't right. There's something not right, and you're fobbing me off. Please take this seriously. Yeah. And eventually I was taken seriously by another GP, and uh, he said, I'm afraid I haven't got a very good Christmas present for you because this was just beginning of December. He said, I'm afraid I can confirm you have got cancer. 
but yet you had got that awful news. But yet here you are still, and very, very a tremendous philosophy on life. This hasn't destroyed your life at all. No, it certainly hasn't. In fact, in a very odd kind of way, and I can only say this is because of Jesus Christ, my uh, whole view on life has changed and deepened, and I've been given more purpose in life, not less. How about that? That's ironical, isn't it? Wonderful. <laughs> well, you know, life life is like that. Roger, yeah. thank you so much for sharing with us. I think there's, uh, there's been so much that's been resonating, I'm sure, with many of us as we're listening to this, whatever stage we're at, whatever stage of faith we're at. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to finish with one of your beautiful arrangements with Ben Castle actually playing sax on it. I Cannot Tell. That's the name of the title. I guess that's something about life. There's a lot we don't know, we can't tell. Well, that's true. There's, it is. It's also about the life of Jesus. and yeah. uh, But it's a great hymn. Of course, it's set to the wonderful tune of O Danny Boy. But many of us who've been Christians a number of years will have sung William Young Fulton's words of this, I cannot tell why he whom angels worship should set his love upon the sons of men. So it's the story of Jesus, but it's all the story of us. Yes, we cannot tell what the future holds for us. But we know that when we put our life into God's hands, we are safe and secure in Him. hope you enjoyed that moving interview with Roger Mayer. That recording was made a year ago now and Roger is still going strong and hopefully one day we'll be able to have another interview with him. Just a few last little bits of news from CMM. Our main news is about Roger's musical The Torn Curtain and we're renewing it, revitalising it and bringing it out again in the autumn. So at the moment we're making a recording, we're working on the backing tracks here and getting dates in the studio for the soloists and the the instrumentalists and the backing vocal uh, singers to go in. But we'd also like to invite you all to come and sing on the album. We love to have a big church recording event and our day is scheduled to be uh, the evening of Tuesday the 25th of June at Christ Church, Burnie Lane, Ward End, Birmingham, B8, 
2AS and you're most welcome to come. Uh, we'll start recording about half past seven and aim to finish by half past nine. Um, so if you would like to come, do drop me an email at events at cmm.org.uk and I'll just add your name to the list. It's so we know for res- refreshments and things like that. Also now you are able, if you wish, to pre-order your copy of the Torn Curtain music book and CD. And that's available on our website shop under Musicals Torn Curtain. You see, we want to make this recording as best as it can possibly be. And to do that takes a little bit of money. So if you're able to buy your copy in advance and stand with us and support us in this way, that would be much appreciated because the more money we can raise in advance towards this, the better the recording will be. And then finally, bookings are now open for our premiere. That's going to be on Saturday the 12th of October at the Coton Centre in Tamworth. It's going to take the form of a massed choir and orchestra day. So we're looking for singers, we're looking for instrumentalists and we're looking for audience. Um, So there's now booking forms on our website. When you get to the front page of our website, just click on events and there's a little drop down menu on that. There's both a booking form you can print out and a way for you to book directly online. So we hope to see you at either of those events and we hope that you really love The Torn Curtain when it comes out. It's such a special musical to us. It sums up the whole of our ministry to do with music and worship and life in the spirit. So I hope that's a real blessing to every one of you. And finally, all that remains is to introduce to you our featured song of the month. And as I'm recording, Pentecost Sunday is two weeks on Sunday. So... Uh, we thought it'd be great to introduce one of the songs that Roger has written that's all about the Holy Spirit. And this one comes from the musical Pharisee and is called The Spirit of the Lord is Upon Me, Out of My Heart. Spirit of the 
through me, let it flow.